going to do a real quick message tonight. It's a simple message, but it's one that I want you to leave here with meditating on, confessing. And our main scripture tonight is Galatians 3.13. Don't turn there because I'm not asking you to right now. But that is going to be our main focus, if you will. And it's so simple. All right. Many of you can quote it on your own, but don't just it's not what we know about the word, guys, that does work in our life. It's the word of God acted upon that does something in our life. It's not just what I know. I know a lot of things about a lot of things, but that doesn't make anything happen. It's me acting on the word of God and doing what the word of God says that brings it to life in our physical body. You don't need to turn here if you want to write it down. Third John verse two Uh, Many of you know this, but I want to read this to you in the Weymouth translation. 3 John verse 2 says, My dear friend, I pray that you may in all respects prosper and enjoy good health just as your soul already prospers. I really like that. Let me say it again. My dear friend, I pray that you may in all respects prosper and enjoy good health even or just as your soul already prospers. So this scripture, if you read Third John in context, the subject is the Word of God and us getting it in us. Okay, that is the focus of Third John. And so he's making an assumption here. He's assuming that you're getting into the Word of God and that same Word of God is going to cause you to prosper in the natural. It's going to cause you to prosper spiritually. And it's going to cause you to prosper physically in your body, in health. And I don't know about you, but I like feeling good rather than feeling bad. You never think about it until you're feeling bad. You ever notice that? I mean, because why? Most of the time we don't feel bad. But all of a sudden we do feel bad. And I mean, ask my wife right now. I mean, (laughs) she's not liking how she's feeling. She's almost downright complaining because she's 99.99% of the time you know, strong and good and doing her thing. And, and all of a sudden this thing kind of snuck attack in her and her physical body and it's bringing her down. And that's not the way we want to be. Amen. I don't like it at all. I like to feel strong and healthy and sharp physically. I like to have energy. Everybody say energy, man. That was the best word you said all day right there. Energy, you know, not just I'm making it. There's a big difference between just making it. I got up this morning and I moved, and I did things, versus just being, I'm ready to take on the day. There's a big difference there. Amen? And so we want to go for what? Taking on the day. Amen? We're attacking the day. So God desires that we are well-balanced in every area of our life. And, and tonight, what I want to do is focus on the Lord, our healer. Okay? I want to look here. Again, don't turn, but if you want to take notes, Psalm 103, we're going to look at verses 2 through 5 in the Amplified. All right? Psalm 103 verses 2 through 5. Listen closely. Bless, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not one of all his benefits. All right, Are there benefits to serving God? Are there benefits to loving him? Amen. To being in the family of God. Who forgives every one of all your iniquities? Who heals each one of all your diseases? Everybody say that with me. He's my healer. Say he heals everything. There's nothing he can't heal. Amen. You need to remind yourself, stir yourself up. Who heals each one of all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and corruption, who beautifies, dignifies, and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. Now listen to this. 
who satisfies your mouth. Now this is what it says in parentheses. Your necessity and desire at your personal age and situation. Does God know our personal age and situation? How many know it changes as you get older? Dear Lord, my needs now are much different than they were when I was 20. You know, I mean, things are different now than they were. But God is saying, if I got to customize it for you. I mean, every single one of us are different is what he's saying. We're at different stages and we have different needs in our physical body. But the reality is, is that who satisfies your mouth, your necessity and desire at your personal age and situation with good so that, so what is he doing this for? So that your youth renewed is like the eagles, strong, overcoming, and soaring. Amen? That's what God has for us. Say this with me. Say, God's will for me is that I'm strong, overcoming, and soaring in my physical body. Amen? That isn't just getting by, is it? That strong soaring and overcoming, that my youth is renewed. It's renewed. Everybody say, my youth is renewed to me at my age with my needs so that I can be strong, soaring, and overcoming in my body. Amen? Not just getting by. Don't think that. Just getting by. Think strong, overcoming. I mean, remember, you got this old dude, 80 years old, Remember, he was going to get his mountain, Caleb. And what did he say? Man, give me my mountain. I'm better now than I was when I was 40. How many would agree, those of you that have passed 40, would believe you're smarter than you were before 40? There's a few of us who have passed 40. All right? I mean, the point is, I know some things now. Now, man, what would life be if I could take my head... What I know now, and bring it back to me when I was, let's say, 22, I'd probably explode. I mean, I couldn't handle it back then, you know? So walking in divine health is God's plan for your life. He wants you strong, overcoming and soaring in life. And so let's look at some of the Word of God and just build our spirits up. Amen? Just strengthen ourselves up. Uh, Look with me in uh, Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15. This is where the Lord introduces himself as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. And uh, Exodus 15, and we're going to look at verse 26. We're going to jump right in there at verse 26. I'll give you guys a second to catch up with me. Exodus 15, verse 26, kind of jumping in there right into, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God, And do what is right in his sight. Give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. That I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. Amen. Say it with me. He's the Lord who heals me. All right. He's the Lord who heals you. He is Jehovah Rapha. Now here he is making covenant He's laying down some ground rules on this, okay? They need to obey. And how many know obedience is a good thing, right? There's no, I mean, this, God is saying, listen, what he's saying when he says obey me, he's saying walk with me. Now, if you walk away from God, guess what? You lose the benefits, don't you? That's rebellion. That's disobedience. But if you walk with God, how many know walking with God is the right way? 
That's the right way. Sometimes people can look at it and say, boy, God's all about these rules. No, he's not. He's not about all the rules. It's just the way we misinterpret things. That obedience, how many expect when your children were little that they obey you? Right? That's a reasonable expectation. You know, I'm feeding you. I'm taking care of you. I'm doing the right things. And why do we want them to obey? It's for their benefit. It's so that they don't get hurt, right? We're protecting them. That's what God's doing for for us. Well, here he says, I will put none of the diseases on you, which I brought on the Egyptians. Now, without going into any detail, most of you know this, but it's just a reminder that in the Bible, there are verses that were incorrectly translated. All right. So where it says here that I will put should be translated, I will allow. It should be in a permissive sense. God allowed sickness and disease. He never gave it. He doesn't have any sickness and disease to give. He doesn't have anything dark. Wouldn't you consider sickness and disease and death and darkness? They all kind of flow together, don't they? Right? What did he say Jesus said in John 10.10? Somebody tell me what he said. I'm going to put it on you. Come on, you want to be preachers or what? Let's go, let's go, let's go. I heard it in there between you, all right? (laughs) Sometimes you get under pressure. I still remember one time, my old preacher, and I was young at the time, and he said, he he was doing this where we, almost like scripture drills, you know, and he was doing it with the church. And uh, he, he did Mark 11, 23 and 24, and I knew it, and I jumped up. And my mind went totally blank. And I'm like, and so he's walking me through. I feel like such an idiot. So anyway, it was just a fear. Just, you know, I knew it. And when I get up, you know, I've gotten over that, as you can tell. All right. Now, God allowed sickness and disease. He never gave it, okay? So we need to understand that any time that we see that in the Bible, any time we read it, which we will in a little bit, we need to understand, no, 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 no. God didn't give it. He allowed it, okay? He didn't. It's just like the situation we have with uh, Adam and Eve. Adam's the one that blew it with Eve, okay? In other words, God allowed that to happen. He didn't make it happen right? He didn't put the earth in the situation in a fallen earth. God's, we're not puppets on a string. We have a will and a choice. And so God, <laughs> you know, he'll, remember, what does he say? I'm encouraging you to do the right thing. I mean, I, I want you to do the right thing. This is what will happen if you do the wrong thing. He does his best, you know. He explained to Adam, listen, if you sin, you're going to die, you know. I mean, he, he explained it, but Adam still just followed Eve, and just, you know, went the wrong direction. But God allows, okay? I really want you to get that in your heart because that's where a lot of people get screwed up in their thinking. And there, there are people out there that just for ignorance sake, if they knew the truth, they wouldn't preach it. But there are preachers that would say, see right here, I told you, that sometimes, you know, God heals, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he causes a sickness. Sometimes he has a bigger plan in mind. No, he doesn't. God's a good God. Say it with me. God is a good God. Amen. You would never harm one of your kids, right? If you're right in your mind, you wouldn't. You would never. You wouldn't say, see that stove, honey? It's hot. So don't put your hand there, right? We'd throw you in jail if you did that, right? You wouldn't do that. Well, God's no different. 
Amen? God's a good God. Just get that in your heart. But the fact is this. In this verse, the Lord reveals himself as Jehovah Rapha, R-A-P-H-A, the Lord who heals you. That's who he is to us. He's the Lord, our healer. Say it with me again. He's the Lord, my healer, okay? He is for you. He is not against you, amen? And if he's for us, who can be against us? But he is for me. He is for my healing. That's what he wants. That is his will, okay, for you and I that we be healthy and whole. Now, in what we read, God made a covenant with the Israelites that if they would obey his word, he promised that they would walk in health. That was the commitment he was making. God put himself out there and gave his word, all right? Well, the old covenant again, has many good promises concerning health, but we way supersede it in the New Covenant. In the New Covenant, Hebrews 8, 6 says that what? That the New Covenant is based on better promises, right? We have a better covenant. Well, let's look at one way it's better. Let's go to Galatians 3.13, like we talked about earlier. Galatians 3.13, such a simple verse, but so powerful in our life. Galatians 3.13 sums up what Jesus did for us and it also how he took care of sickness and disease. Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now when we talk about the law, we're talking about the first five books of the Bible. And the Bible tells us that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In other words, to really bring it down to something simple, the fact is everybody's broken God's laws. Okay, It's that simple. No man has been able to keep all of God's laws. Okay, When you get into the Old Testament, you see the priests and so on, and you see these things growing with things they had to do. It just grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. But what was the, the actual law based on? Anybody remember? Moses. Two tablets. Help me out here. The Ten Commandments, right? There were ten actual commandments, all right? Everything else kind of fits in there, all right? But there were ten actual commandments. And the reality, have you ever broken any of the Ten Commandments? Okay, let's all put our hands up, all right? We're, we were all guilty, right? I mean, I mean, somebody could say, well, I've never done this, I've never done this, but let's get right down to it. Have you ever lied? Sure you have. I mean, some of you did it tonight and didn't put your hand up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> the fact is, is that we've done a lot, we've broken a lot of the laws without even thinking about them, you know? And the issue is not that, okay? The issue is no one could, other than Jesus, no one could keep all the law, all right? So what is the curse of the law? Well, the breaking of the law had consequences that affected spirit, soul, and body, all right? It's that simple. When you get down to it, the law was designed what? To point us a certain direction, Back then, it was kind of a restraint, kind of a guideline, okay? Like a fence to keep you in. Why? To keep them blessed, to keep them safe. But the reality is no one can really keep it. The law was really put there, when you read the New Testament, really put there to bring us to who? 
to Jesus. See, through Jesus we are righteous. We are not doing anything. Say it with me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. All right? I am right with God because of who? Because of Jesus. All right? So when we bring all that in and we look at the law, breaking the law had consequences that affected spirit, soul, and body. The curse itself included how it affected spirit, soul, and body. It included poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. All right? Those are the three areas that would hit main areas. What we're focused on is the physical part. Okay, tonight, all right, we're focused on the physical part. So let's look at some of what the law said. If we broke it, what would happen, all right? So go with me in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 28. And let's look at this. Why am I showing you this? Well, one is it's good for us to review these things, but also when you're sharing with someone else. How many would agree so far what I've taught you is very simple? It's it's not complicated, It really is this simple. When we get complicated, that's that's honestly not God. That's not the way he is. He is real, real easy to understand. So Deuteronomy chapter 28, let's start with verse 15 and 16. But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments and the statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city. Cursed shall you be in the country. Now he begins to list a bunch of them. We're going to jump around. Go down to verse 18. Cursed shall be the fruit of your body. Okay? Well, the, what's the fruit of your body? Having children and so on. And so right there you see that first part of the curse on the physical body. Let's skip down to verse 21 and 22. The Lord will make, or again, what is it? The Lord will allow, okay, the plague cling to you until it has consumed you from the land which you are going to possess. The Lord will allow, okay, you to be strike, uh, (laughs) strike, smitten, stricken. I like more modern words than this. Um, But with consumption, uh, with fever, with inflammation, with severe burning, uh, or with severe burning fever, with the sword, with scorching, and with mildew, they shall pursue you until you perish. Go down to verse 27 and 28. The Lord will strike you. Again, he will allow, okay, these things to happen. The boils of Egypt, with tumors, with the scab, with the itch. It just gives you the willies, doesn't it? From which you cannot be healed. The Lord will strike you with madness, blindness, and confusion of heart. Again, we know he's not doing that, but these are the things that could come. All right? Uh, Verse 35. uh, The Lord will strike you in the knees and on the legs with severe boils, which cannot be healed. And from the sole of your foot to the top of your head. Notice, he says right here, from the sole of your foot to the top of your head. Covering everywhere in between. All right? I mean, this. in other words, he's not leaving much out. Not leaving much to the imagination here. In case anything was missing, okay, the curse included every sickness and disease not listed. Now, sometimes you, you begin to talk to someone, you begin to share these kind of things, and maybe it's, it's new to them, and they like the idea of they have a personalized disease. Believe it or not, you know that there are people that actually like the idea when they go to the doctor and they have some har- rare Hawaiian something or other, and then they go around bragging about it. You know what I have? 
and then they one-up each other. You get a couple people one-up. I mean, they're actually proud that they have it. And you might say, well, I don't know anybody. I, I do. I know people that literally, they, they say, oh, yes, of course, I believe all this, but they won't let go of the thing that, that, that's personalized for them. You know, I can totally understand personalizing your phone, maybe your wallet, purse, okay, something like that. But personalizing a disease, a sickness, that's mine. It's mine. And mine trumps yours. Mine's worse than yours. You know, some two old guys going at it about who's got more pain than the other one, you know, bragging about who's worse than the other. Come on. How many just want to be free? Amen. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to brag about nothing like that. You know what I want to brag about? How Jesus has always healed me and kept me healthy. That's what I want to brag about. That's a testimony. Amen. Not bragging about how I made it through some horrible, horrible thing. I want to be right now good, strong, healthy. Amen. Things are good. Well, we see here we're going to get to where God covers everything because there are those people that would say, well, yes, it covers everything but, okay, everything but my whatever, all right? So let's cover this. We're in Deuteronomy 28, go down to verse 58. Verse 58. If you do not carefully observe all the words of this law that are written in this book that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God the Lord your God, then the Lord will bring upon you, or he will allow, on your, in you and your descendants, extraordinary plagues, great and prolonged plagues, serious and prolonged sicknesses. Moreover, he will bring back on you all the diseases of Egypt of which you were afraid, and they shall cling to you. Now look at verse 61. You ought to underline this. Also, every sickness and every plague which is not written in this book of the law will the Lord allow upon you until you are destroyed. Every sickness and every plague. That yada, I'm serious, that isn't underlying your Bible, it should be. Every sickness and every plague, everything. How many know our God is a thorough God? Every sickness and every plague. So if they said, well, they didn't even have that in Bible days, well, God covered that. He said, just in case, if there's anything I missed, if there's any possibility something new comes out, the Lord made sure that it was covered, you know? Every sickness, every plague, every disease, doesn't matter what it is. Now, the curse was a result of disobedience. So we saw that, that if we disobeyed God, well, the problem, as we said earlier, that no one could perfectly keep the law. No one could live to all the law had. The curse of the law is still effective and is evident in the world we live in right now. It's, in other words, the curse of the law is still functioning. Okay, It's still out there. The beautiful thing for you and I, and for everybody, until they know it, okay, is that we've been redeemed from the curse of the broken law. That Jesus came to save us from it. In other words, it's not necessarily just about, there is an element of obedience on your part, but remember, who is our righteousness? Not in my actions, but in Christ. Okay, And so you don't need to turn here again, unless you want to, but Galatians 3.13, I want to look at it again. Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. I like to say the curse of the broken law, okay? Because that's what it was. The curse wasn't just there in general. It was there because someone broke the law. 
So Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the broken law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now, if you look in the Webster's Dictionary, the word redeem here is to buy back or to free from a captivity by payment of a ransom. All right. Now, who was that ransom? Jesus was that ransom, right? He went on the cross for you and I to pay the price so that we could be free from it or to buy it back uh, or to free us from that captivity, from that bondage. Now, this is Galatians 3.13 in the New Living. I saw this today and I thought, I'm going to put this in here. Galatians 3.13, the New Living Translation says, But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law when he was hung on the cross. He took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. So in other words, Jesus was the price that was paid to redeem us from the curse of the broken law. Now, again, a simple message. Really dumbed down simple that, wait a minute, you're saying that there's all these bad things over here, okay, and Jesus stepped in the middle there and basically paid the price so that we could be free from those bad things. It's that simple. It is so ridiculously simple. Now, is sickness and disease real? It's real, right? Pain is real, all right? These things are real. But it is also a real fact that supersedes that, that Christ redeemed you from the curse of the law. All that sickness, all that disease, all those bad things, all that pain, all that junk that could go wrong in the physical body is a part of the curse, and I have been set free from that curse. I have been, that curse was bought and paid for, and I was removed from it. I'm no longer in it. Now, it's easy for me to say this and easy for you to confess it. It's another thing for you to really believe it down deep on the inside of your heart. That you really got it. That you, you, you really have renewed your mind to it. That when you think of sickness and disease, you think of the curse and you know that I'm free from the curse. All right, But it all starts with this. It starts with seeing it in the Word of God and then begin to confess it in our life. Saying what God says about you. You've heard me say this, and many a, a good faith preacher, that faith says what God says. That's, it's that simple. Faith says about itself what God says about. You understand? About the situation. So if sickness and disease is trying to take its place in me, trying to, to gain root in my life, then what I need to do is say what God says about it. What does God say about it? God doesn't say, well, I guess that sickness and disease is defeating me. God doesn't say, well, I guess it's a losing battle. After all, the doctor said there's nothing we could do, or I'll just have to be patient. No, what does God say? No, no, no. God said, my son came, and he redeemed you from that sickness and disease. Believe it, say it. Believe it, say it, and say it, and say it, and say it, and say it. How does faith come? By hearing and hearing the Word of God. You want to grow your faith. You want to develop your faith. Then begin to say what God says about you. Let, let's look at one scripture together real quick that goes along with what we're talking about. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. Colossians 1, 
13 and 14, it just kind of conveys the same thought. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Or I like a better word is authority, okay? He has delivered us from the authority of darkness and conveyed us or moved us into the kingdom of the son of his love in other words you and i are no longer under the authority of darkness we have been moved okay into the kingdom where who is lord jesus is lord okay i'm no longer under the dominion and authority of the devil and now remember john 10 10 earlier okay remember jesus said what that i want to give you life and having it more abundantly but what did he talk about the devil he steals yeah exactly so when we take that what does sickness do and disease it falls under the category of stealing killing and destroying so what what we're saying is i'm no longer under the power and dominion of satan satan get out of my life you have no place in my life See, he'll try to say, I'm putting this on you. You're going to die of that, or so-and-so is going to die of that, or, or I'm doing this, or I'm doing... You say, shut up, devil. You have no place in me. You're not my father. I don't, I, you have no authority whatsoever. None whatsoever. Shut up, devil, in Jesus' name. Get out! He, he, see, what is he? He is the father of lies. In other words, he is constantly lying telling you i'm doing this and i'm doing that and you're gonna have this and you're gonna have that he does it to all of us we're all familiar with his lies but we need to address him not just ignore him address him and say no in jesus name satan shut up get out now this is because i tell him to shut up once do you think it's gonna work He, he, (laughs) I mean, this is how some people do it. Devil, leave me alone. Stop it. And see, you know, I remember hearing um, a minister say that he was at a bus stop one time and uh, this lady came at the bus stop and this little dog uh, came running, you know, from the, you know, from her house, from her yard. And she's like, shoo, go, go back, go back, go back. Well, the bus is coming up, and she's like, come on, go. I mean, she's getting nervous now because the dog's going to follow the bus, you know, and, and get lost. And finally she's, go! And that dog, woo, 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 all back. Now, do you see, now the guy, the minister looks over and said, now that's how you have to do the devil. Sometimes you're going to have to get, see, just because you said it, let me ask you this. How many times did Jesus have to contend with the devil before finally the devil got fed up and left? There was three times. See, Jesus kept on giving the word and giving the word. Now, eventually the word prevailed and the devil said, enough, oh, I can't win with this guy. Still hasn't. <laughs> you know, in fact, he lost everything, you know. But the fact is, we need to remind the devil, you're a loser, that you had no place in me. And you need to remind yourself, you need to get downright angry. You wouldn't let someone just come in your door and take your kids and wife or vice, you know, or take your money and go in there and just open your drawers and start taking stuff, would you? And just sit there and watch it? Well, apparently some of you would because you're looking at me like, I don't know, Pastor, I don't know what else. But, well, I would be fighting and kicking and fussing, right? I'm not going to, I mean, I, I remember, I believe it or not, I remember hearing a story about a minister and 
I guess he was a little limp-wristed at the time because another man came in and stole his wife and kids right in front of him, took them, and left them, you know? And see, <laughs> you don't have to be some big guy to be a man and stand up. And see, you need to stand up to the devil and say, no, you, 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 you have no place in my life. I'm not going to allow you. I'm not under the curse. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. You can't have any place in my life. Amen? Stand up for yourself. Get mad. You, like, like I said, you wouldn't let someone just kick the door down, just take whatever they want. You'd what? You'd fight, you'd kick, you'd fuss, you'd do something about it. Some, you're not getting it. The devil's going in saying, I'm going to put this on you, I'm going to put that on you, I'm going to take this, I'm going to steal that. And some of you aren't saying anything. And so he's coming in, taking what he wants. And he has no right to, no right at all. And he knows it. And he'll push the limits. He will push and push and push until you get serious and say, No, devil, in the name of Jesus, get out. And I, I mean, I've had to get to that point. I get downright angry. Then I could sense the peace of God coming in and all that confusion and all that chaos leaving, you know? All right. So we saw here that we're free. Amen. Say, I'm free from sickness and disease now you need to think of whatever type of sickness and disease whatever it is that is being challenged with you or maybe a family member somebody you know a friend it all falls under the curse and jesus redeemed you from the curse jesus took on your sickness and disease and pain so that you could have his supernatural health well i want you to think of this in your own life right now just think about what is the challenge in your own physical body? Some of you may have been diagnosed with diabetes or, or uh, blood pressure problems or this or that. I don't know what it is. Um, it may be on the other side, you, you feel pretty good. In other words, you're not diagnosed with anything, but you just don't feel optimal. Okay, You don't feel the best you should. Uh, you know some things should change in your body. Then what you need to do is begin to talk to it. You need to begin to agree with the Word of God and not do it once or twice. You know, you've heard me say this, well, Pastor, how long do I confess it? Until it changes. <laughs> That's it. Once it changed, you don't have to be confessing it anymore. Amen? Your faith worked. It produced. But how long do you confess um, uh, mountain move, mountain move, mountain move, mountain move? You fill in the blank, whatever that might be, until you see the mountain move. When the mountains move, shut up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's go on to the next thing. Amen? Faith is, is, listen, faith is like a muscle that you're using to do something specific with. And once it's used up, you go on to the next thing. You guys all get that? It's like, it's like putting gas in your tank. You use it to, to get somewhere, to do something. That's what faith is. And when you do that, you get to where you're going. You've accomplished it. Praise God. Let's take on the next thing. Remember David? What did he take on before he ever got to Goliath? The lion, the bear. Now, what did he say when he got to Goliath? You're going to be like one of those. God, God helped him with the lion, helped him with the bear. <laughs> what are you? See, in other words, he exercised faith. He operated and, and it grew and developed until there was nothing that could stand in front of him. He knew his God. Amen. Now, what I did was I created a confession that, again, the best thing for you to do is you can try writing it down or you can order the CD or get it off the web, 
in a couple of days here. But this is what I want you to do, and this is what I want you to confess continually. What does continually mean? All the time. All right, not, I did my three a day, Pastor, like you took a vitamin. I'm proud of you. You need to do it over and over and over and over until you're almost sick and tired of it. My, pa- my old pastor used to say that you know when you really knew a song, you know, like if you were going to lead worship or something or, or going to sing, he's like, you know when you've really mastered it when you can't stand it almost anymore? If I hear that one more time, you probably got it then, you know? In other words, you've gone that far. So listen, not that we're ever going to get sick and tired of confessing God's word, but what I mean is you're just full. I mean, then you know you've got somewhere, all right? You're about to, you're right on the threshold of seeing that thing change. But you need to understand from the first time you spoke it, from the first time you spoke it, something changed. You understand that? A seed was planted. Something is changing. Even though I can't see it with my natural eye yet, something went in motion. And what am I doing? I'm just keep on pushing and I keep on pushing and I keep on pushing until I eventually see the full manifestation of what I believe in God for. So this is what I want us all to confess, okay? Because I felt like this was appropriate, all right? You can fill in the blank where I'm going to say the flu, you put in anything else that goes with whatever it is you're dealing with, okay? You, you change that on your own. So if it was nine things, I don't care if it's nine things. You would say blank, 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 blank is under the curse of the law. And then you would continue with the confession. So we're going to use the flu, okay? So say this with me. Say the flu in all its types is under the curse of the law. Jesus redeemed me from the curse of the law. Therefore, I am free from the flu virus. The Word of God says that my healing and health was paid for by the wounds Jesus took for me. I believe the Word of God. God cannot lie. Therefore, I believe I am healed. I have been totally delivered from the flu virus. Every part and function of my body is in excellent health. Now let's do this and let's flow a little more, okay? Because that was all, you know. All right, so let's, all, let's flow a little more, okay? You guys ready? Everybody say, I'm thrilled to do this. All right, that's better. All right, you ready? All right, the flu in all its types is under the curse of the law. Jesus redeemed me from the curse of the law. Therefore... I am free from the flu virus. The Word of God says that my healing and health was paid for by the wounds Jesus took for me. I believe the Word of God. God cannot lie. Therefore, I believe I am healed. I have been totally delivered from the flu virus. Every part and function of my body is in excellent health. Now, you could say that and start off not even believing it. Not even really believing it. But how does faith come? By hearing and hearing and hearing. And so what you're doing is you're depositing the Word of God, that life-giving seed of the Word of God, that Word that is alive and powerful, that is full of energy to change 
Whatever it is that needs to be changed, and you keep on sowing it, and you keep on sowing it, and you keep on sowing it, you keep on sowing it, you keep on sowing it. Now, what happens eventually if you just, Father, I just thank you and praise you when you're done? You start to get to where you've memorized it, and you don't have to look at a paper anymore, and you just say it, and you say it, and you're just praising God. Father, it's working in me. It's working in me. What are you doing? You're watering that seed. And then you just say it, and you just say it. All of a sudden, one of these days, One of these days, just all of a sudden, that faith is there. And you'll say it that one time, and it's going to blow the doors right off that thing. All of a sudden, you're going to know, I got it. It's there. It's changed. It's, It's like, I just know. Now, does that mean you quit? No. You just keep on going. You keep on feeding. You keep on saying it. You keep on saying it. And, and what I mean is, guys, listen to me. If, if, I had, uh, if I was diagnosed with a diabetes problem, I would say this. Diabetes is under the curse of the law. And that therefore I am free from diabetes. My blood sugar is totally normal. And I would fill that in. And I would say I've been totally delivered from diabetes. And I would say it. And I would say, while I'm taking the shots. While I'm taking the pills. In fact, that's a good reminder spot to do it. And I mean, say it, say it, say it, say it. Now, how many of you, don't raise your hand. How many of you are going to do it? Don't raise your hand. Because this is the critical moment where you decide, do I really want change in my life? Do I really want it? Am I that hungry? Am I sick and tired of that issue being there? Or are you going to play games with it for the next 10 years? Your choice. What are you going to do with it? I don't know about you, but I made a decision in my heart. I'm changing it. I'm sick and tired of a couple of things in my life that keep on running around. One of the things is, you know what? I've said this before. I don't like wearing these things. I mean, when I turned about 40, they seemed to be necessary. Especially when we had, we had the old screen, you know, remember? With the, what do you call it thing? Yeah, projector. You know, and I kept on saying, Lisa, something wrong with that projector. Those words are all messed up. <laughs> Went to the doctor, got the glasses. Holy cow, it's an HD now. <laughs> I don't know how many times I complained about the projector. Too. <laughs> but, but my point is right there that how many would agree with me that, you know, the Bible says that Moses, 120, his eyes weren't dim. Do I have to get old, like they say, and just fall apart? No, but see, if we just agree and we just kind of, huh, well, you know, why bother fighting? It's going to happen. I mean, everybody tells me when you hit 40, you need glasses anyway, you know, and everybody did tell me, everybody. And when I got them, I kept on saying, man, one of these days, you're going to see me take them off and I'm not going to need them anymore. And they, oh, phew, yeah, whatever. We'll see it. Um, they will. One of these days, you're going to see me preaching. It ain't because I have something inside there, you know. I, I'm going to take them off because I'm going to say, something's wrong here. Can't see with them. Oh, my gosh. Looks great. You know, I, I mean, did I tell you guys about the, you know, when talking about confessing, what we were talking about, the, I heard, uh, what is her name? Kate McVeigh. She, uh, uh, you know what I'm talking about? She's a, a woman, a real good woman preacher. Uh, I think she's on KMYD, but uh, anyway, she was telling how she shared these kind of things with her mom her mom had diabetes i think it was type one isn't it the kind where you have to take shots and things like that and and uh 
she began to share the Word of God with her mom and the power of confession, the power of God's Word. And, and so she helped make up a confession for her mom. And she said, Mom, this is what I want you to do. I know you may not understand it right now, okay? And there's a lot of things I don't understand anyway about the Word. I do it, <laughs> I believe it, but I don't quite understand it. But she said, this is what I want you to do, Mom. And he, she made her a confession. Every single time that you go to give your shot, I want you to confess these things about it. And part of it was similar confession, you know. And uh, she did it over and over and over and over and over. And I mean, it might have been six months. And all of a sudden, she wasn't feeling well. I mean, she was really feeling bad. She goes to the doctors. The doctor checks her out and says, uh, well, the reason you're feeling bad is you don't need those injections and you're taking them. And she was completely, completely whole. Does the word work? But what do you got to do? You got to work it. You got to do your part. In other words, remember what I was telling you? She may have confessed it for six months. A lot of us give up. We don't see it after two days. Oh, well, you know, it's face stuff. You know, <laughs> stay at it is what I'm saying. Be, say this with, with me. Say, be consistently constant. Say it again. Consistently constant. Just live that way. Consistently constant. You're just going along. You're just going along. And, and you got the victory. Greater, say it with me. Greater, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Amen. Is the greater one in you? You got the victory already. All you're doing is walking it out. Jesus already bought and paid for it.